want to ask Kia actually is what do you what do you think about BAME? I hate the term, guys. <laughs> I think it should be scrapped. Um, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. Like we just, I feel like if whoever non-white, we're just in a category, one section, um, and it just doesn't define for me personally who I am or who I want to perceive myself to others or the world. Um, but yeah, it needs to go. What do you guys think could be done? I think looking at culture. Because even even if even if we did like let's say hypothetically get a box that said Latin American, then the next step would be unpacking that what is underneath Latin American. Exactly. So I feel like culture is a good way to understand everyone's different values. Mm-hmm. So like I, I migrated from Venezuela. What are the cultural values in Venezuelan culture that might resonate with me? And how does that change? I feel like that that's more beneficial for the UK context because the common pattern seems to be migration. So if we understand how that's happening in terms of like nationality, um, maybe that would be better. And I think it, it takes away laziness as well. Like stop looking at me and saying, oh yeah, you're just Latin American. Take the time to memorize Venezuelan because it's a long word and you've never heard it before. Do you know what I mean? Like we get really lazy sometimes. Or, or even, um, even accepting people who might not look like what the media's portrayal of la- of Latino is like letting them letting them um identify is that like uh, a lot of the times people dispute Afro Latinos as being Latino Latino when it's like what is Latino Latino this idea that there's only one way of being Latino when there's when when that we have as as you guys have has said so much diversity both in color and and in background. Yeah, I think I think it should be addressed in our in the, the media that we see as well because I know that growing up in all the novellas that I watched, they all pretty much look the same, sound the same. We don't really have um, African Latinos in our novellas, let alone Indigenous Latinos, Indigenous Latinos, Indigenous people in in our novellas. It's just like there needs to definitely be more representation. Well, I guess it's also goes to show. You know, obviously, these people, let's say if we take the example of the novelas, it also goes to show as well the consumer behavior, you know. The producers, they, they produce and they sort of class these people, but then, you know, the consumer is the one who accepts it and the consumer is the one who also carries on sort of consuming uh, these types of novelas where you've got people who look in a certain way. So I feel like it, the... Uh, the responsibilities on, on all parties, really, you know, um, us as consumers, like, if we don't feel that that's something that that represents us or something that we like, then we need to sort of find a way uh, to push for that. Like, every time I remember, like, when I used to watch novellas because of, not because I actively wanted to watch them, but sometimes it'd be in the living room, it just seemed so, like, so false. Like, it didn't seem like a reality I remember saying to my mom, like, but that's not the reality. Like, all of these women you see, that's not the reality of Ecuador. That's not the reality of Latinas. I don't really see Latinas, the majority, who look like that. And that's not an issue. But if we're saying that this is a Latina novella, that's not the reality. You know, you've got these guys who are, like, six foot three and blue eyes. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I've not really seen much six foot three Latinos with blue eyes. There are some, of course. But that's not the reality. And, of course, you know, what we watch and what we consume, this affects your culture, right? This affects your culture, and this is what younger people who are still watching novelas with the same themes, with the same actors being casted, they're going to grow up with the same mentality of what seems attractive 
of what seems to be, you know, the sort of the, the, the thing to be or how to look. Um, so as consumers as well, um, we also need to have a role and we also need to sort of think about it ourselves and say, all right, for me consuming this product and for me consuming this, what am I, what role am I playing in this? Um, so, yeah. I think this is why these, like, sorry, I think this is why these digital spaces are so important. If we can try to take and continue to take advantage of them, because in in traditional media and traditional production of film, etc., is very monopolized. And I think it's important to bear that in mind. And those in society who have the most social economic resources are always going to be the ones who have the means to control the production of information. Um, so this digital space that we can navigate where it's new, I think is important to keep that, to maintain these bottom-up approaches and change that perspective on representation. Because I think, yeah, definitely, if we continue con to consume the same narratives, we will continue to read the same scripts and perform the same characters, right? But if we change those scripts, then we can create new characters. And it's up to us to do that within the spaces that we're navigating now. Not everyone, like you said, is, is, is tall, blonde, blue-eyed, like most of us do not look like that and it's great that we do have people that look different and i think that diversity is great even within groups but that's that's not all of us and and i feel that with with these telenovelas like you said it's not just the producers who are putting who are casting these people to all look the same it's also us as the consumers still funding these projects still funding the the like the these casting directors to make these decisions so with people with consumer power, what can we do? Like what comes to mind for me is definitely supporting um, businesses, um, campaigns that endorse diversity, uh, specifically endorsing things that, well, like, like we're talking about being more inclusive in what Latin America, Hispanic people look like. I feel like there's always a reason for this. And I'm, I'm sorry to just be this critical person, but it's just, it's always come down to power, I feel like. For me, when I want to understand something, just how, why is it beneficial to always project this homogenized and sexualized view of Latin American or Latin American identity and what that kind of conforms to? I, but what's coming into my mind right now is just um, as, a, as a Latina, how have your experiences of this homogenized view tied in with your experiences of being overly or hyperly sexualized? Um, I just wanted to pose that because I feel like that's an experience where this kind of comes in, who is that benefiting? Who is that benefiting the pornography industry? Is that benefiting the people who are making a lot of money out of the productions of these novellas? Um, yeah, I just wanted to pose those questions. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. They, they, they choose what parts of us they want to project. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I think uh, over the years, definitely as a teenager, I would say I've probably indulged in it a little bit. Um, and it was like, yeah, like I was happy to, to be like the Latina with the curves and the this and the that, you know. And growing up, um, I would say more like 17, 18, I started to really notice like how detrimental it was. It, it was always the first thing that would come up, like, where are you from? And then as soon as I would say, yeah, I'm Colombian, the whole conversation would change. You know, like if I said I was, oh, I'm Indian or I'm Pakistani, they wouldn't, people wouldn't move the way they've moved with me. But the dynamic definitely did change. And it's that whole sexualization of, of like what Latinas are, what they represent, how they behave. And we really, I've seen it definitely among my friends. Um, 
very much so like in this cleaning this new cleaning job that I've been doing it's like people would say weird stuff to me like oh I'm so surprised you speak English so well or just like you would hope so you know I've been here like the whole education system you know or like you look Mm -hmm. tropical and it's just like you know I'm not like a tropical juice you know like I'm just a person (laughs) so yeah it's very like it can be detrimental I'm just very glad that I have I have a mindset of you know this doesn't define me and that's just you're just projecting yourself onto me and that's fine it is what it is I'd rather just have a conversation with you and maybe educate you a little bit that you know not all Latinas look the same um we don't all have big breath big bum um not every Latina can dance salsa or bachata or merengue like we're all very different and we embrace whatever the hell we want to embrace and you can't just define me as being something just because of my heritage what about mm. you guys? What has the experience been like for you? You start to think this isn't right. The mentality isn't correct. You shouldn't come to me and think that you can joke with me about, oh, you know, I've seen, I watched Latina porn or things like this. This is not what is deemed acceptable. And then um, I also think that the oversexualization of Latin women comes from America. I can't, I think America really changed the for women in general. So this is white, black, Asian, Latin women. I think America, the way they've put, the way they've positioned the media, especially music, film, video, everything, um, everything has been over-sexualized. And the same way that, um, I, I was, I was going to say that, that Latin women have been victimized with this, but I also think women in general, women of all race have been victimized by the over-sexualization of what media has done. And it just so happens that now a lot of people have the wrong perception, the wrong idea, and this is why stereotypes come out of it. So Latin women are freaky, Latin women are curvy, Latin women are feisty, but in the bedroom they're like this, and it's a bit like, whoa, whoa. Again, I'm trying to make those weird connections, but just on on the idea of consumption, um, I think sexualization came to my mind because that's a way in which we consume as humans. We consume the erotic, um, and we love the fetishization of the other, um, and I'm just thinking of um, bell hooks. I can't remember word by word, but she does um, have a book on eating the other, which I think this came up. This or some of her literature when I was doing my undergraduate. And it brought up the topic of like how how um, how women might experience racial um, or discrimination more generally through the sexualization of themselves and through that sexualized experience. So like definitely I agree um, both um, G and Camila, like, always being like oh as soon as I say Venezuela like all of a sudden I'm really attractive or something like that and it just it, it's when you grow up and then you start to see it from an outside perspective as a woman it's just it's quite it's, it's disgusting to think that the only thing that is appealing about my identity is the fact that you see me as other something that is erotic and something that you can enjoy the taste but when we consume and when we consume so in a greedy manner are we actually um, caring about the product or are we just treating it as this object, this material that is indispensable? So when you apply this kind of value system here yeah, onto humans and humanity, why does it become so problematic? Then that's why the pornography industry came to my mind because I was looking at it for my um, undergraduate as well. And you'd be surprised how much the pornography industry, I can't remember on the top of my head, but you, they're, they're making money. They're making yep. money of the fertilization of our bodies all the time. And, and the sad thing is, is when we decide to monetize it ourselves, 
then there's a whole slut shaming culture but yeah. behind when it comes to our women. So it's like, well, so they they don't get shamed when it's someone else making money off their body, but when it's when they decide to monetize their body themselves, then they are then demonized and they're then cancelled. They're they're, they're 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 rejected by the community when it's like we should be supporting these people yeah. when it's it's like well, we're finally getting money for the same treatment that that we got before yeah we should have autonomy and agency of our bodies so it doesn't matter how we sexualize and i hope that if there is slut shaming within your communities and your networks you call it out because we shouldn't have any kind of or feel any kind of way we should be able to sexualize ourselves or dress up modestly it's up to us well, i was gonna say for example there's such a different nuanced view towards latin women and women with their bodies so for example um, consumers for example will be happy to take someone that's like sofia vergara and her character a modern family she's feisty she's come from colombia she's got like a mouth on her some attitude this that and the other and consumers will happily take that on even though a lot of latin people will be a bit like but she's she isn't a representation of latin women in general but then you have women who Latin women who do have autonomy over their own bodies and they will, for example, in whether it's in the porn industry, they will happily engage in that idea of women, Latin women being the, the feisty women, the domineering woman. Um, in, in other films as well, it's the same thing. So there's a really nuanced view because you have people that perpetuate the stereotype, but then you have people that there's not enough people that don't perpetuate that stereotype for for people to make their 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 view on Latin women in general. So it's a bit of a difficult it's a difficult one because I know that there are a lot of stereotypical things that people associate Latino people with, but I just don't see enough of us honing down those stereotypes and saying no, this isn't it. So do you think it's like down to the performer that they shouldn't take up on that role when you use that example of modern family? Do you think that Sophia shouldn't have been like, oh, I'm going to take this role of the stereotyp stereotypical view of being feisty? Or was it the case of, oh, she's making money, it's a job? Well, I'm fine. Do you know what it is? I'm fine with that whole idea. I, per me, per like me, myself, I don't have too much of an issue with it because I get it. Um, I fully understand that notion or that stereotype, but I feel like we just need more representation of other women. What about the studious Latina girl? What about the the superhero latin woman who's saving people's lives you know what about those elements not just that she's you know the lover of this person or she's this having an affair with this one just a bit more wide varied i mean i don't mind the whole feisty idea but there are a lot of women that are against the idea on social media as well a lot of women don't like the fact that latin women have that feisty notion like what you said um uh, kia was quite interesting where you said like, should she not take the role up? And it sort of talks about, it sort of relates to, you know, our roles of, like, responsibilities. Like, is I see, I find it a bit um, difficult, like, where to draw the line because, let's say, for example, someone can say to, let's say, Sofia Vergara, they can say, well, why are you taking up this role where, you know, you're perpetuating the same character? She obviously knows that's the case. You know, she reads the script. That's that's obvious. But then she can come back and say, uh, well, this is a role that, you know, someone will be able to see a Latina on TV and they can aspire to become an actress. Uh, so you've got sort of this sort of the sort of this catch 22. I feel like it's I feel like that's why you get like these prominent actors or actresses or whoever. They sort of fall into this into this um sort of difficult situation where they're like what do i do do i take the role or and risk being sort of 
criticized because I'm perpetuating these ways of thinking, or do I not? That it comes down to, you know, how genuine the person really is in terms of what their motives are behind it. Now, as as people and as part of the community, we can't really have an insight because that's private. You know, the person themselves, they can conceal what they really feel like. You know, some people know that they don't want to do it because they want to, you know, they want to inspire other Latinas or Latinos or they know that they want to do it for the money, right? For the opportunity. And so, so there is, is, is a different, like I find it difficult. Like I can't say like, yeah, take it or not take it. Cause I've, I see both sides and I feel like you can argue for both sides, but I feel like the main thing would probably be, you know, what are your motives? And unfortunately, um, there's a lot of people who, who benefit of the fact of, of these types of roles. They know, you know, us that we're not in that industry. We can, we can see it from afar. They, they're in the industry. They know they're profiting from that and they're happy to go along. Uh, or some may do it, you know, wholeheartedly because they want to inspire others. But yeah, it's quite a difficult one. I was going to say like, um, just, yeah, sometimes it's kind of too difficult to simplify things into right and wrong, especially when it comes to human action. And I know I'm probably like, I'm opening up these cans before, I don't know how long this podcast will last, but just the, I put on my story yesterday, just a poll of, do you think cancel culture is problematic? And it was interesting to see like the responses because it was like maybe 25% um, no and then the rest yes. Um, and I guess like that was kind of um, sparked by what happened yesterday. And amongst all the other examples that we've had during this pandemic of just seeing people get cancelled out. And I'm not necessarily saying that I don't agree with cancel culture. But what I do think is problematic is just the fact that we don't we don't call people um, to to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. We cancel them out. And then what happens is that that increases polarization amongst us. So I never think we're always going to make mistakes in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but to push someone completely to like the edge of the earth, that's what you're going to do. You're going to push them off the edge of the earth from a mental health perspective. That's where I would put it. Um, and I guess more generally, I think these conversations where people can come into a space and feel safe are necessary so that people's mind just keeps opening. And I think in like the perspective of like sexualization, and um, machismo and misogyny within Latin American culture. I love to have that conversation with men all the time. Um, And I love to have conversations around masculinity and femininity. And it becomes difficult for me as a woman to expand that knowledge into my communities or into my networks if I just completely cancel out all men. Does that that make sense? Mm. So that's where sometimes I think it's problematic because we have to have the chance to grow with information and grow our consciousness, but we can't do that if we completely shut it down every single time we make a mistake. Yeah, yeah which is why I have sympathy for these actors and actresses because, you know, it, it, was, it was not their choice or responsibility to, like, they're just taking whatever jobs they can get. And it's like, who are we to decide that they should not, not pay their next month of rent because it's, it doesn't serve our community. It's like, I, I understand yeah. maybe if I was in the same position as them, I'll take the opportunity too. Yeah. And I feel like also the, the issue doesn't stop at the moment you've cancelled the person. So let's say you've, you know, okay, you've cancelled them. Now what, what what's the next step, you know? Because the whole idea, I mean, is let's say this person has a has a a bad way of seeing things or a misinformed way of seeing seeing things. The next step is to inform them and to educate them. You know, it's not just cancel them and then that's it, disappear. Bye bye, let's go on to the next one. Is I'll I, I feel like, you know, there's, there's, we have the responsibility. If we're going to cancel someone and we're trying to educate someone, not for the sake of just saying, this is it, you're off now, 
But because I guess, let's say, if we take people's motives at face value to be because they want to cancel someone because they want to educate someone, then you need to educate them. And educating isn't just a process of you saying you're wrong. That's it. Educating is also, okay, like what's, what happens next? And so that's something that, you know, we need to see in our community. But I feel in general with the cancel culture uh, community, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people, like there's people who are literally pushed to like commit suicide because of it. You know, imagine if your livelihood depends on social media and then you get canceled. And not only that, now people are revealing personal information of you. Who's not going to react in a certain way? So, you know, as we sort of, as people who are engaged in cancel culture, let's say I'm not engaged in that, but let's say people who represent that or who are engaged in it, you know, you're sort of doing it with the social responsibility of educating, but then you also have a social responsibility to ensure that this person doesn't go on and commit something which, you know, against their own life or for their life to be harmed. So the social responsibility doesn't just extend to the point where I'm educating, but you need to also, you know, find a way to, to do it in a way which is positive. Not everyone says something because of a bad motive. Sometimes people say it because they're misinformed and uneducated. And I'm sure that many of us have made a comment or have thought something that was uneducated, perhaps in different things. Now, if we were to get straight up blasted for it, you know, it's going to be it's going to be problematic and quite uh, challenging. So we also need to be sort of appreciative that people are on the journey of trying to educate themselves, or at least some people are uneducated about it. I've human beings we have to give up this notion that firstly we we know who people are we absolutely don't i'm still learning stuff about my mom like to this very day and i've known her for 23 years you know what i mean and also give up this whole notion of being right and making other people wrong or vice versa because we're not creating a space of learning we're not creating a space of moving the conversation forward and doing something about it it's just more like we want to make sure that they know that they're wrong and then that's it. So I think the council culture is extremely problematic. Um, like you said, there's there's no learning from it. How are we going to create any sort of possibility of creating a world that's united if we're just like, all right, cool, forget about you. Let's just ignore you. Because there's another thousand million people that think the same way as this person. And they're going to probably see like, this is what, this is what conceals racists and people that have colorist views, it's like, they're just going to continue thinking that way, but just not say anything. And I'd all, I, I love it when people say like, I'd rather see, I'd rather know who the racist is, and for them to be racist out loud, then, then be secretive about it. And you know, like, because you just, it's just, at least you're open about it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a binary way of thinking, isn't it? I think like what, what you said, Diego, at one point was just like looking at the humanity and looking at what brings us together. Um, just because I like the reason why I felt like that was problematic or social media is becoming quite problematic in this time right now is because of the polarization that's happening in society, just the separation that we're seeing. But who does who does that destabilization favor? Because it doesn't favor us. It favors the people who already have their hands on power. So in order for us to change that balance, we have to find unity in our commonality and in our common experiences, despite our differences. Um, yeah. As people and as individuals, we change with time, we learn things, and you know, and this is also something you know, sort of relating it back to the cancel culture thing is you know, someone that you cancelled maybe a year ago, they're probably not the same person now, you know, and people change with time. If, if someone wants to stop me when I was like what 10 years ago or 12 years ago, when I was like what 13 or 12, of course, the things that I was saying in general were probably going to be good, but as a, as a child of 12, you say 
stuff which can sometimes be quite ignorant because you're a child. But as 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 time progresses, you know, um, people change, and you have to be accepting of that and and create a space where people feel welcome to want to learn, right? Because people sometimes are even scared to ask a question about it just because they feel like they're going to be judged about, you know, what they think. But um, I'm conscious of time, guys. I, I know we can, like, talk forever on this. Um, but one thing I do want to ask you guys is there's anyone that you guys want to support, like any business or uh, any content creator, that you guys want to give a shout out to definitely now is the time i personally want to give a shout out to ateya who's um they they have a have a massive voice in uh, in pushing this this agenda of embracing like your indigenous roots your african roots uh, within the latin community and i think they're so active in, in just portraying that and it's so amazing so definitely a shout out to them um and Jay Create, she's an amazing designer. She's Colombian. She's so great, guys. She honestly creates the most beautiful clothes. She up recycles, upcycles clothes, which I think is another conversation that I would love to have. Um, so environmentally friendly, so creative. Uh, and it's just like, these are things that I want to push forward. So if you guys know anybody, definitely give them a shout out. No, I mean, I just want to sort of say like, it's great that, you know, there's a lot of platforms like like uh, yours, Camilla, with Kia and many of the ones that are online, you know. And I just hope everyone keeps on pushing uh, with one thing in mind, which is to actually create something with value rather than, you know, who gets the, more, the, the most clout or who's the most followed. Um, the reality is you're still going to get people like that, right? But at least amongst the conversations that we have, and the people that we talk to at least try to uh, push um, that sort of ideal of what is really of value to people and to the community. It's not who gets the most clout. It's not who's the, the most popular one. It's who is producing content of value. And we should all be doing that. And I've been seeing it a lot from a lot of people on social media. And yeah, it's great to see that. And I hope that we carry on doing this. You know, we carry on having these conversations and I'm really happy that you guys brought me on and it was great to talk to all of you. Oh, and Diego, I would say I want to big you up as well for creating the first platform for British Latinos. I think what you've done is so cool. If you could just briefly um, talk about it. Yeah, thank you, Camila. Um, yeah, so so anyone who wants to like, basically we, we started up um, a mentoring program, which is for free, so an educational mentoring program. And the idea behind it is, um, you know, we want to, help you in in achieve go to the university you want to go to achieve the grades you want and achieve the job you want after so we've got a team of 20 mentors now and each one has pretty much got a mentee so we've probably hit we've got maybe past 25 mentees now that everyone is allocated their own mentee based on your interest so if you want to do finance then you'll, you'll be allocated a finance mentor and you basically get paired up with this person for a whole year for free and it can extend beyond that and everything is free of charge so that's the whole idea to make it you know to support you guys we create the platform which is sort of our own um sort of way of redesigning the, the concept of social networking which is what linkedin does and creating something which is more smaller for the latin american community in the uk so if anyone goes to british latino network you can sign up and you can basically meet up and make come in contact with other people who are professionals like you 
and who, who are interested in, in, in career development, and you can get in contact with them. And the whole idea behind this is we want to inspire people, then, but we also want to provide you with the free resources to now that you're inspired, now actually go out and achieve what you want to achieve. Thank you. So much, and obviously with that, with that last thing um, you mentioned, which is creating people to actually be inspired and do something with it. That's the question I want to um, pose to you guys. So, moving forward, what is it that you would like to create? Like, what possibility would you love to have for the Latin community? Oh, uh, um, yeah. First of all, I'd just like to say thank you for having me. But as well, um, I think I think it'd be great to have like once um, this second lockdown is over to have more live sessions. Um, in in a, in a studio, who want to to talk about these issues and and to, and to open up the conversation um, on certain topics when like things like colorism or sexism within our community, um, so that we can fix our internal problems as well as maybe uh, cre create something better for the for for those of us. I think I would like to just see more of these conversations take place, and I think especially as we start to consider that like the the Latin American community is growing in the UK. I would I would like to think that younger generations will have access to spaces where they can have these kind of conversations. So it's not it's not a, an issue that you're dealing with alone, but it's kind of like okay, cool. Let me unpack this with my community and see what we can do together. Completely agree. I'm the same. I feel like um, these communicate these uh, conversations need to take place, and we need to develop them further as well. I feel like um, speaking to all of you today, we've had so many like conversations in which we talk about we balance out the conversations, so it's not just our eyes are on just one case. We explore it and I feel like that's what people need to do nowadays as you get older it's true things aren't just viewed in one vision a lot of it you've got to understand both sides you've got to understand ways of learning um explore the past and things like that so I feel like those conversations still need to take place and um yeah hopefully after covid we continue with that as the new generation rise up as well education becomes important so yeah definitely just continuing on yeah, thank you guys. I just want to appreciate you all coming on and spending the Sunday um, with us. But I really appreciate you guys coming on here, sharing your stories, your experiences and your knowledge. So, yeah, thank you again. Um, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, but, yeah, we will let you know. We'll put your, all your links in um, down below in our social so that people can check you guys out or follow and stuff like that. Thank, thank you for, for having Thank you. guys. Yeah, thank you very much. Take care, Kira, Camila. Bye-bye. Take care, everyone.